Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Hits Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live, uh, season 12, in fact, of the program. I'm glad you could join us. Um, as always, we've got a great guest uh, starting things off here, and I will tell you a little bit about him in uh, just a moment or two. But first, uh, just a couple of uh, announcements. Um, as normal, um, again, this is season 12, so what we've been doing over the last several uh, years is um, the first month, which is usually the month of February, um, we do just a, an, I do just an hour show here with uh, my special guest. And then beginning March, in this case, it'll be March 7th, uh, we'll bring back the Coach's Corner panel, so we'll go to the full two-hour uh, broadcast beginning 6 to 8 p.m. Central. So um, you want to stick around, make sure you come back and, and join us for that in March. Also this year, doing something a little bit different, the second and the fourth Thursday of each month, which will begin on the 14th of March, uh, we're going to be injecting uh, about 20 minutes uh, worth of uh, travel talk. I've got my good buddy, Robert Kaufman, who is the uh, travel contributor to Golf Tips Magazine. Uh, he's going to be coming on and joining uh, by a special guest from the travel industry as well. We're going to talk about some great places to play, uh, different buddy trips, things like that that you can do. And uh, Robert's uh, always uh, on an adventure, going different places, playing different courses, and enjoying uh, the resort life, if you will, on, on many occasions. So he's going to talk about that when he comes. So that's going to be uh, beginning uh, March 14th, so you want to stick around for that as well. So as I mentioned, March, we'll be getting the Coach's Corner segment on the 7th, and then we'll be introducing the new segment on March 14th, and that will be carried every uh, second and fourth week, uh, Thursday rather, uh, of every month moving forward till the end of the season. So I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. We are live, uh, as I've mentioned many, many times, uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Again, we'll be a little bit shorter tonight. Um, with my special guest. Um, but uh, for those of you that aren't able to join live, I always like to plug this in here just to let folks know is you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live, or you could just type in golf talk live in the search key. And that will take you to the uh, main page and front and center during the live broadcast. The current show will always be front and center. But if for some reason you're tuning in a little bit later on after the live broadcast, you just scroll down that page to the on-demand section and all of the previously aired shows, including tonight's, will be there after the broadcast in the recorded version, so you can listen to them there. All right, I'm excited to have uh, tonight's guest on. His name is Jake Gordon, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Notify. Let me tell you a little bit about him, and then I'll bring him out, and we'll uh, get into tonight's discussion. So as I mentioned, he's the co-founder and CEO of Notify. <clears throat> it's a fast-growing technology company helping golf operators more easily fill uh, tee time cancellations. Uh, he's based in Los Angeles. Uh, very passionate about uh, emerging technology and software innovation in golf. 
Uh, he's an expert in scaling new and emerging businesses. Uh, he led Accenture's Northeast Ventures team, working directly with dozens of portfolio companies to help them significantly grow their sales. Uh, he holds a master's in uh, management science from Lehigh University and was an NCAA uh, wrestler. We'll have to talk to him about that. Uh, when not building Notify or out on the links, uh, he loved to spend uh, time, of course, with his wife and his dog, Lucky. So uh, in sunny Southern California, I don't blame him. So uh, without further ado, please welcome tonight's special guest, Jake Gordon. Jake, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having well, me. Not a, not a problem. So I'm going to, when it comes time, but I have a couple of questions I want to ask you first, but I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about, before we get started, what Notify is. I give a little bit of a teaser to it, but just sort of break it down a little bit. What is Notify? Absolutely. Well, when I think about Notify, it's really an automated waitlist technology that uh, integrates right into your favorite course's tee sheet and allows a golfer to put their future playing preferences and start getting real-time alerts whenever cancellations occur or availability gets released. So effectively what that means is you could go to your favorite course and say, you know, Panama City Beach, Florida. You could say, hey, I'm looking to play Saturday between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., right, or 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Right. And then, you know, hey, there may be nothing available right now at that course uh, when you check, but let's say something, someone cancels on a Friday morning for the day before, now you can get an instant text message saying, hey, Ted, tea time just opened up, you know, at Streamsong or, you know, at uh, Palm Beach County, whatever property that you're looking to play, click here to book. And then when we instantly notify that golfer, they can book directly with the course, and that course is able to uh, both fill that cancellation and delight that golfer without taking a call. So that's a little bit about what we do, and uh, today we're working with Many of the best multi-course operators like Kemper Sports, Landscapes, we're working with Touchstone and, and many others, as well as a bunch of great resorts like Streamsong, Sand Valley, Chambers Bay, TPC Scottsdale. So it's been a blast, and uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're going to get into uh, a little bit later, we're going to get into some of the feedback that you've been getting and how it's really helped them a little bit more. But I just wanted to give the, the audience sort of a general overview of really what Notify is um, and, sure. and sort of how it integrates. And we'll, again, we'll get into a little bit more detail here uh, in, in short time. But, uh, but before we do that, uh, what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about your business background. Obviously, uh, you enjoy uh, technology. And um, being a young man, I, I imagine that's uh, something that's very exciting uh, for you moving forward, and it is actually for everybody now. It's it's interesting to see what's happening. But talk a little bit more about your your business background and why golf. What was it about golf that really appealed to you? Believe it or not, I uh, I never picked up a golf club in my life until about I'd say five years ago, um, which is interesting because now I I talk <laughs> about it all day. I dream about it, and when I'm not you know on the computer talking about golf, I'm I'm wishing that I was on the links because it's it's certainly a full-blown passion and obsession, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still relatively new to the game. Before I got into the game of golf, as you kind of alluded to in your introduction, uh, I actually wrestled through college. Um, growing up mm -hmm. in Southern California, I played baseball. Then I got into the sport of wrestling, kind of fell in love with that, you know, competitive one-on-one -on -one nature of the sport. I love the fact that 
in wrestling, actually, ironically, similar to golf, you know, you're in, you're in charge of your own destiny. You can't pass right. the ball, you can't blame the refs, you can't, you know, blame politics for why you didn't perform. And golf is right. very similar in that way, right? You're accountable for your score. Mm-hmm. It's, it's completely, you know, transparent how you did. And it's the same thing in wrestling. So I love that. And I'd say in college is when I became really excited about new technology. Funny enough, um, there was a entrepreneurship kind of like Shark Tank competition on campus. And I kind of caught my attention. And I decided to go for it with a buddy of mine for another business idea. And that kind of gave me a taste of the whole idea of what, how you can go from an idea in your head with a problem to a solution and market and something that people really use. And I would say that gave me the taste of the power of technology and what it can do for the world. You know, obviously being a consumer, you use things like Uber and you press a button mm-hmm. and a car shows up or you use Airbnb and you're in a new city and you can stay in a beautiful apartment somewhere, you know, and, and there's a lot of magic to that. So for me, I decided to do that with my career. And I, after my kind of wrestling days in college, I did a master's degree and started my career at a big firm called Accenture. Uh, Accenture's maybe the biggest management consulting technology firm in the world. Mm-hmm. And my job was to help work with our portfolio startups. So we were investing in all sorts of different emerging technology, and I helped those companies uh, come to market. So I got a lot of experience working with founders, working with new tools like AI, and um, helping really bring to life kind of ideas into the, into the real world. So that's how I got into it, um, got my experience, and did that for about seven years. Then, you know, so fast forward to how I got into the game, right? <laughs> You can't really wrestle uh, after, as a recreational hobby. You know, nobody really likes it when you're grabbing them and, uh, you know, and throwing them around. That's, that's not necessarily fun. So, actually, my wife's father-in-law is a fanatical golfer, and he, um, he got me into the game. Initially, I was hacking it around, and I could barely get the ball off the ground and kind of swore it off. But the game keeps calling you back. Um, yep. Funny enough, as a former baseball player, when I saw that little white ball go about 900 feet um, off the driver, I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah. And that's how yeah, I right? kind of gradually around COVID, you know, got into the game. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, and, and that's a really great point that you raise, uh, a couple of points actually, but uh, first and foremost, obviously the pandemic, as tragic as it was, and, and uh, Rich and I, who, of course, uh, you know, uh, talked about this last week. He was my guest last week. And we talked about this very thing that, that really golf got a, an incredible boost through what was really a, a very tragic and difficult time for many people, um, simply because it was one of the very few activities that people could do because it's outdoors. You're not really huddled together. It's not like other team sports. Um, so you were able to kind of be out in the elements and, you know, have that sort of social distancing, for lack of a better word. And so a lot of people really gravitated, not just people that had played golf, but people that were new to the game uh, said, you know, hey, why not? You know, I got nothing else to do. I'm tired of watching Netflix, so I got to get out and do something. And it was a, you know, a great way to get introduced to the game. So I, I want to talk about, because obviously you saw a niche, if you will, um, from your perspective, 
and you know decided to pursue uh, and develop no, uh, Notify. But from your opinion, being new to the industry, what do you think? What's your opinion on the state of the golf industry today? What do you see that you really like, and what do you see that obviously has led you to say, hey, um, I like golf, I'm getting used to it now, um, but here's some things I think we could really, with Notify, um, really step it up. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Full stop, I'm bullish on the game, and I'll tell you why. When I came home to visit my family in Los Angeles during COVID, I was very, very, very new to the game of golf. I wouldn't even say I was a golfer. I was just, you know, almost someone who had uh, a, more like an observer, right? I wouldn't even say I had the bug yet. But when I came home, I, I kid you not, maybe 10, 15, 20 of my friends had become full-blown addicts. And now they were all, were all new to the game. Nobody was above a 25 handicap or below a 25 handicap. We were trying to break 100. But – we were out there, and, and these were my buddies who were at college athletes. They were football players. They were baseball players. They were basketball players, soccer players, every sport imaginable. They were all in their careers and had developed a passion for the game of golf. And it was almost contagious, right, where right. I, remember, um, I remember getting, you know, starting to get out and play. And first of all, the fact that none of us were very good made the game much more approachable because we were learning together. Right. It wasn't something we took too seriously. We were having a lot of fun out there. You know, if we got a par, we were celebrating and, you know, hunting for bogeys. I mean, it's, it's the type of, it wasn't competitive golf, but it, it was made the game so approachable. And then, you know, what happened? So, okay, fast forward to 2020, maybe 10, 15 of my friends have developed this passion for the game. We're learning together. And I became the tea time guy. So every mm-hmm. friend group has a, has a group of, has someone in the group who just yep. is the tea time guy, gal, right? So that was me. Right. And what it would entail would, you know, I'd be talking to you on a Thursday and then I'd have a monitor to my right and I'd have nine different tabs open with the nine different courses in LA. And now right. LA is an amazing market for public golf. There's, I think, 150 public courses from Santa Barbara to San Diego. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. a, it is a fantastic public golf market, but simply getting tee times is incredibly challenging. I think the ratio of public golfer to golf course, even though there's so many, is still 5,000 to one. So there's 5,000 right. golfers for every one 18-hole course. So simply checking a course on a Saturday I mean, virtually impossible that when you check, there's a great quality time available. That said, what would always happen is I'd check in a Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and there would always be cancellations. So I'd rebook the time. I'd tell tell the guys, hey, we found the time. Let's go play. And we're off. And that was the process. Hours a week of checking. And one day I was just, I think what actually happened is I used open table. And OpenTable mm. has a feature where you can get alerted if a restaurant comes available within your preferences. So that right. was kind of the, uh, you know, call it the light bulb where I was like, that needs to exist for golf. There needs to be an alerting system in public golf when tee times open up within your preferences. 
And if we can integrate this into the tee sheet, the golfer will find their perfect tee time, no more searching. The operator will fill perishable inventory and get off the phone because <laughs> nobody likes, you know, they didn't, I, I, operators didn't get into the business to work at a call center. They want to talk to golfers and run a course. So that was the initial aha moment of just kind of using technology to connect the golfer and their desired course in real time. So, so let me ask you then, Jake, about the golf uh, course owner operators. I mean, obviously, um, you know, especially with, with a, a substantial uptick in, in the game through COVID, um, you know, they're, they're seeing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people out there playing again, um, which it was slacking, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm in the golf industry for 30-plus years, so I know that there was a, definitely a slump, um, believe it or not, uh, a few years before. Um, so I, I know that they're breathing a, a, a breath of fresh air, that they're seeing a, a big surge in the game in the last few years. Um, but they've had their ups and downs, too, trying to keep those tee sheets filled up. And there's some courses that have struggled and others that don't have an issue. But um, talk about some of the ups and downs and some of the feedback before you really introduced to them. You obviously, had, I'm sure, had to do some market research, talk to them a little bit, and get some feedback. What was the biggest complaint or complaint that they had that you saw the opportunity of helping them with? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is, you know, I, I talked about that problem. I talked about my story as the golfer struggling to find tee times. So I initially thought the problem statement was, hey, there's too much friction between a golfer and their desired course and trying to get on. That's the problem I want to solve. And then, of course, there's the other problem, which is there's a high cancellation rate. Every tee time is perishable. And if it goes unfilled, it's like an airplane seat that's gone. But, you know, those are two very different problems that require different types of solutions. So you alluded to it. I started talking to operators. I'd, I'd go to Ted's golf course, and I'd say, hey, do you guys have a wait list? Uh, no. So what happens if someone cancels? Um, we hope someone fills it. Okay, well, right. what about the calls you're getting? Yeah, we get a lot of them. Okay, well, there's clearly something there. And, you know, so what I started to do was talk to some of the multi-course operators, and believe it or not, I had one conversation that completely changed the direction of the company. It was the CMO of one of the largest uh, multi-course operators in the world. And he heard the pitch, and he saw the early version of the product, and he said, okay, this is great, but you need to decide, is this a product for golfers or is this a product for operators? Because you really can't do both. You have to pick a side. Pick the operator or pick the golfer because you can't do both. And I kind of did some soul searching. I'm like, okay, this is a notification system, but who's our real customer here? And we decided that we, that we wanted the operator to be our customer and really have our product right. be a B2B software, not B2C. And so obviously that's, it's harder to convince operators to use new technology Right? And it's especially hard when you don't have a lot of existing customers, if any. So that was just trying to get the snowball going. And I knew that if we couldn't get operators excited about it, we didn't have a business. Um, and fortunately, uh, we did. Yeah, and you have a, you obviously mentioned a few earlier, and, and I know we'll get into that a little bit more as well. Um, but from the golfer's perspective, I mean, you raised some really interesting points. I mean, when you're in an area, especially a big market, 
uh, like L.A., where you've got a lot of courses there, um, but typically it's tough for, for the average golfer to be able to get on unless he just happens to call at the right time. So your system obviously allows them to, um, you know, much that like you described with the open table, uh, to be able to get that notification of when something comes up, especially last minute. And so, you know, it, obviously they want to try to get on as, as best they can, but if not, it's good to have something to fall back. So they obviously have a lot of frustration um, as well, just trying to get out on a, a golf course on a Saturday or Friday afternoon or whatever's convenient for them. So what was some of the f- initial feedback or discussions that you had with golfers and, and trying to address that? I mean, you, you obviously um, shifted the business, if you will, more to the operator side, but at the same time, you had to be conscious of what golfers uh, are dealing with and meeting their needs in a roundabout way as well. So what was some of the early discussions um, in addition to obviously your friends that helped you uh, guide you, I'm sure, sure. but uh, I imagine you talked to some other people as well. What was some of the feedback you got there? Absolutely. You know, I think struggling to find tee times at busy public local courses is a problem that every golfer kind of viscerally relates to. Like if you say, Hey, do you find it hard to book tee times at your favorite course on the weekends? They, I've never met a golfer who said, you know, at least in the post COVID era, you know, that they didn't struggle with that. So I think the golfers really got it. It's e- it's an easy sell to a golfer to say, Hey Ted, do you want to get a text when your favorite local course opens up within your parameters? It's a, it's an easy sell to the golfer because they understand that problem statement. They know the struggles of calling and refreshing and nine tabs. It, it, it's, it's almost soul crushing for the golfer. So if you say, Hey, I have a solution to solve that. It's always, yes, I love that. Right. However, I realized that I think that conversation with the operator, as well as just thinking about the business, it would be very hard to scale that type of business for consumers for two reasons. Number one is you can't build a marketplace where you don't have the consent and cooperation of the supply, you know, right. be like, how can Uber create a driver and rider network if they didn't have the drivers and the, you know, consenting and cooperating? It's like, it's, it's not possible, right? You need both sides of right. the supply and demand ecosystem to be excited about the marketplace. So what that means is, Hey, I need the courses to get into this and be excited. But unfortunately, you know, it's hard to convince operators to do new things. The other thing was I realized, hey, it would be hard to scale this because if I get 1,000 people in, you know, or 10,000 people in L.A. to use this alerting system, it, it plummets the value. And if it plummets the value because 10,000 people got in the text for 8 a.m. on Saturday, now all of a sudden it's not that valuable. And if it's not that valuable, no one will pay for it. So I just realized, right. hey, that's, that's not a very good business model if the golfers aren't, are paying for something they're not getting value from all the time. Right, which unfortunately Where, happens a lot. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, we, we see that a lot in, in the technologies. You know, just, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just I want to sort of inject this real quick and then we'll continue on. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is I, I get a lot of people – you know, of course, doing what I do, I teach golf, but I also do the shows and have the magazine golf tips and, and uh, some other things as well that I've got going. But what, what I've 
seen over the years is a lot of people coming out with some great products that they want to introduce to the consumers, but they don't really have them behind it. It's a, you know, it's a great app or it's a great whatever uh, program, but they don't have the support system, like in your case, with the operators. And you have to have that, like you said, with the Uber drivers, because if you start putting it out in public and you don't have a, a strong network in the, in the platform, then all of a sudden you've got, like you said, 10,000 people looking for something and you don't really, you know, you can't just have one or two golf courses. You've got to have a, a network that you're developing. Um, so I think that was very smart. Um, and I also think too, from the consumer standpoint, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, with yourself and your friends and, and others that you talked to that there was definitely a frustration and what's unique about what you're providing here. Um, is really a service. I mean, it may come through technology, but it's really a service. And who wants to spend all of their time with nine tabs open looking for a tea time when you could be out doing other things? And, hey, if one pops up and you get notification, great, then you, you proceed. But otherwise, who wants to spend their Friday or Saturday morning looking for tea times when you can be out doing other things? Um, so I think there's definitely um, – I can understand why this is such a great service that you guys have put together um, for both sides, for consumer, obviously, and, and obviously for the operators. Um, you're bringing two sources together, um, and both are benefiting very strongly. So I just wanted to throw that in there because there are a lot of stuff that's out there in the market, different products, of course, that really don't define the, the needs as well as what you've done here. So I just want to say kudos to you and, and your group. So. Having said that, I want to ask you, what goes through, in your opinion, a golf entrepreneur's mind? We understand your, your abilities as a golfer are developing, but obviously you're an entrepreneur as well. So you've had time to do that. Give us your intake from a, an entrepreneurial standpoint. What goes through their mind? Yeah, I mean, you're getting a lot of virtual head nodding over here with, with what you just said. And I'll, I'll go deeper, right? Um, I think as golfers, we love this game. We're passionate about the game. Well, what do we want to yeah. do on a Saturday? We want to play. Like golf is a business, but it's a game, and it's a game we love. So I think all of us, the fact that you're participating in a business that's also a passion is, is a major luxury. But I do think it could also be, I'm not going to say dangerous as an entrepreneur, but that could be a little bit challenging because if you are thinking about just the consumer, if you're just thinking about the golfer, it is hard to build a business. The reason is, you know, there's two business models. You have a consumer business, which is, hey, I sell a product to Ted. Or yeah. you're a consumer software company. I sell an app to Ted to help Ted you know, buy clubs online. That's a consumer business. And then there's a B2B business, which is where, hey, I either I sell rakes to the course or I sell T-sheet software to the course. So that's a B2B business. The thing is, I think it is important as an entrepreneur in golf to pick a lane. And for me, uh, as a founder, my instinct was in B2B. You know, there yes. are skills that come with B2C, you know, building a consumer business, that are very important. You have to be able to build a brand. You have to build a great social media presence. You have to have a really mm -hmm. ele elegant design. You have to obsess over that customer's needs. 
And if you're selling a product to golfers, yeah, that's essential because you have to build a brand. You know, the only way TaylorMade and Titleist and Callaway are going to stand out from each other is their brand and their positioning. Mm -hmm. The thing is, for me as a founder, that's not that's not my my number one kind of call it pointy like skill set as as brand building. That's just not my you know unique superpower. I would say for me, I just have a much better instinct for B two B. And I came from Accenture, which is, you know, they service 95 of the top 100, Fortune 100 companies. And so my training was, how do you solve business problems? How do you help businesses grow their top line, reduce, you know, improve efficiency? And so coming in as an entrepreneur, I have a passion for the game of golf. I love golf, but I wanted to build something really that related to the operator and sell the operator technology that ideally would also help the golfer 100%, but not have a product for golfers that helped the course. I want to have a product for the course that helped the golfer, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, Jake, we're going to take a really fast break, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, the owner-operators, and we're going to also talk about uh, your visit um, this January down at the PGA Merchandising Show in Orlando just a few weeks ago. I want to get your thoughts and input on that, but we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, everyone, and uh, I'm speaking with my special guest of the evening, Jake Gordon, the co-founder and CEO of Notify, uh, a great business that he and uh, his partners have developed, and we've been talking a little bit about that, Um, and we've talked a little bit about the owners and operators, and we've talked a little bit about the golfers, and you got an opportunity to head down to Orlando, so you came to the East Coast, to come from the West Coast, you headed out to the East Coast, to Orlando, to the PGA Merchandising Show, at the end of January. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you and your crew, as it were, uh, made the trek uh, across from L.A. to uh, Orlando. Tell us a little bit about that. That's a long flight, by the way. Um, but um, tell us a little bit about that and what your thoughts were on the PGA and how you saw an opportunity to really get Notify out there to um, the golfing uh, community. Sure. Yeah, I would, I would describe the whole experience as surreal. Right. It was a surreal experience. We're a young company, but we've been we've been growing. And as part of that, I think it was surreal because we got to see dozens of our clients. And many of those clients are the biggest operators in the world. And we got to spend time with them. We've I got to meet some of my teammates, believe it or not. I mean it sounds funny, but you know, we're based in LA. But we have actually teammates now across the country. We have teammates in Chicago and Washington State and Florida and Canada. And so we all, act, we all congregated and 
you know, in beautiful Orlando. And it was, uh, it was incredible for a few reasons. Obviously the magnitude of the show is, is special, right? It's, it's almost right. a Coliseum like experience <laughs> where, you know, you walk the halls, you've got 50,000 people who love this game. And I kept saying this phrase, which kind of cracked me up. You know, there's a lot of gizmos and gadgets, right? You've got a yes, lot of different of new swing aids. You've got new um, tees. You've got new bags. You've got new balls. You've got new clubs. Like, it is stimulus to the max, which is kind of like a fantasy land, you know? You're, you really are like right. a kid in a candy shop or, like, golf business Disneyland is what it feels like. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there was a balance between, hey, we got to stay grounded, right? We're here with a mission, with a purpose. We both want to have fun. We want to take in the sights and sounds. But, you know, we're there 10 strong. And I'd say it was very important to us, obviously, having a booth. We went to the Golf Business Conference. Um, we went and visited one of our big clients, which is Cabot Citrus Farms in Florida, I think one of the most anticipated new resorts in the world. We got a chance to play the course before it opened. Um, it just opened January 26th for preplay, and we got to play it on January 20th, which was pretty cool, pretty pinchy. Um, and then we <laughs> hosted an event at Top Golf in Orlando that had 150 operators show up. So it was it was a very special experience. So. You got to dip your toes in the sand, so to speak, into the PGA uh, merchandising show. You got to, obviously, as you said, you saw a lot of things, a lot of, as you put it, gizmos, gadgets, and I have a few other expletives that I would probably throw in there, to be honest, because I've seen it for many years, but unfortunately, uh, the FCC would shut me down faster than you could imagine. So, um, No, all kidding aside, there's, there's some great stuff there, but there's also a lot of, uh, you know, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people that come out with some great stuff, but they don't really do as much research as, as obviously what you guys have done um, and, and coming out to market. So sometimes they, they kind of miss the mark a little bit or it becomes more gimmicky and, and so forth. But um, you obviously have done a lot of research. Your uh, time at Accenture, of course, has, has definitely paid off in, in helping you to uh, you know deal with, with some of these uh, bigger corporations and so forth. Um, so one of the things, too, that touched a little bit on um, earlier, and that is with the owner-operators, obviously they want to get people out to the golf course. And for the most part, they don't have a problem in getting bookings. Um, but one of the shortfalls that they have is, and it's just a part of the you know the business, is the cancellations. Um, so this is where they fall short, and as you you know, gave an example earlier, uh, there's a lot of them out there that they don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone. Um, obviously, they have to if, you know, people are calling in and want to see what's available, but they want to be able to do other things. So they obviously, I can see where Notify is a great um, platform, if you will, that fills a, a very important void for them. So when you got out there and, and, and obviously saves them a lot of money, like you can, you can touch on that or expand on that a little bit more. What the problem is when they start losing uh, tea times to people for the cancellations, you obviously filled a void that was needed. So I think that's why that marriage, if you will, worked so well from, from you. And I think it was very smart going to B2B 
as you said, rather than going the other route. I think it would have been a much heavier lift. Talk about from the owner-operator's perspective, um, and, and if you want to give some examples, obviously I'm not asking you to name names or anything like that, but if you just want to say, okay, one of the clients, an example, really struggled in this area here, and since they've now connected with us, they've really seen you know, 20, 30, 40, 100%, whatever uptick in that area. Talk a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind. I think you nailed the problem. The problem is this, that golf is booming. However, 20% or so of all online tee times will get canceled or result in a no-show. 20%. That's a meaningful yeah. number. When you look, when you zoom out and you look at a course doing, you know, 1 million, 3 million, 5 million in revenue, that's a meaningful number of, uh, of dollars that are going unfilled. And so that's the exact problem that we kind of obsess over, right? We care about the golfer experience. We care about finding golfers tee times. But the number one problem is filling cancellations that would have gone unfilled for that golf operator. So I always tell operators, uh, you know, hey, if someone cancels, an 8 a.m. Saturday time on a Wednesday, you're going to refill mm-hmm. that time. You know, you're, maybe if you use Notify, you helped save a call, you delighted a customer, but really uh, you're going to refill it. If, but if someone cancels, which they always do on Friday morning afternoon, yeah. even Saturday morning for a Saturday morning tea time, now all of a sudden you're holding the bag as an operator hoping now – that somebody fills that tea time at the last minute. And, you know, this problem is costing operators in excess of $100,000 a year in, in many, many cases. Yeah. All, I can give you a few examples. Um, Chambers Bay Golf Course, which, and this is all public information, they, uh, over the course of the six months since we launched the pro- product at their course, has seen uh, over $270,000 in incremental, uh, or sorry, in revenue from cancellations being filled. About 100,000 wow. of that is inside of three days. 100,000 refilled inside three days, right, in six months. And now, obviously, Chambers Bay is number 20, most uh, highest ranked, is number one municipal in the country, number uh, 20 overall public course. So, yeah, there's a lot of demand. But if somebody cancels, and we see this every day, Someone will cancel at 10 a.m. tea time at 6 a.m. the same day. And now all of a sudden it does not matter how in, in demand that property is. You know, they need to fill what could be a $1,000 piece of inventory. So we see that every day at courses like Chambers Bay, but we also see it every day at municipals. We've got a course in Southern California that's owned by Ventura County doing, you know, uh, upwards of 90,000 rounds a year, right? It, mm-hmm. it, I know, you got to like pinch yourself, 90,000 actually. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they still deal every single day with one to five tea time cancellations every day inside of 48 hours. So it doesn't matter if you have an incredible amount of demand. This cancellation problem is real. And operators need, need a patch. They need a fix. And uh, fortunately for us, you know, we partner with every major T-sheet. So we come in, and doesn't matter what T-sheet you use, we have relationships with most, if not all of them, and we're able to bring this product into the hands of the operator 
and the golfer without ripping and replacing any system. No matter what technology stack the course uses, they can benefit from this product. Um, and that was important for us because if we came in and we said, you know, hey, Ted, we have this great product, but you're going to need to replace your system. Uh, right. That wouldn't work, right? It has to be easy. It has to be intuitive. It has to work right away. There can't be any hiccups. And that's, I think, part of the challenges of being a startup is you need to deliver something that 10x exceeds expectations or you're out, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just getting the ball rolling. And we started with one course in California. Then our big break, we got Kemper Sports to sign on three courses for a pilot. And we went from three to 50 and 50 to 100. And now today we're well north of 200 properties all across the board using the product. That's incredible. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And I mean, obviously, we, we, I don't want to get into the weeds of the technology because that's obviously something that's very difficult if you're not looking at it and, and having the ability to sort of see it run. Um, but obviously, you have to have the technology has to integrate with your clients, you know, being the, the golf course or properties. And then obviously, there's something on the end user, which is the, the golfer themselves. So how does it, and again, layman's, keep it, keep it simple, just treat me like I'm yeah. stupid when it comes to technology. How does it integrate sure. um, on the golf courses then? Because you said, obviously, one of the hurdles is you didn't want to have to come in and say, okay, you've got to you know, replace your $20,000 system or whatever it is that they, they had. Um, we've got something you can integrate with what you're currently using. Um, it'll perform these functions. It'll do this. And then on the golfer side, this is what they're going to get and how they're going to be able to integrate with that. So just kind of walk us through generally how everything ties together. So a golfer goes to a course. I'll give you an example. Let's say TPC Scottsdale, which is one of our clients, or Streamsong, which is one of our clients. Or Palm Beach County, we have all four courses there. So you go to the course you love. Let's call it uh, Osprey. That's a super popular course in Palm Beach County. You go to Saturday on their tee sheet, they use four up. You don't see the tee time you're looking for. Well, now there's a button right there that says, hey, if you didn't see the tee time you're looking for, join the tee time wait list. The golfer clicks that link. Then they say, I'm looking to play on Saturday between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for my foursome. Notify me when available. Click then that's our technology. We, we're right there as a button on the T-sheet. Now our technology is monitoring the T-sheet. We know when Ted wants to play. We know when Jake wants to play. And we know what's available. And mm -hmm. as soon as someone cancels, it could even be one hour before, if someone cancels at 8.30 tea time and Ted wanted 8 to 9, then you get a text. And it says, hey, Ted, a time just opened up. Click here to book. When you click book now, we route you right back to that T-sheet, and you're, you're golden. You can book right away. So from an end user, so from, from a, a player like myself, I'm obviously right. accessing it through an app, correct? I've got an app on my phone or what have you um, that gives me the notifications. And so, is that correct? That's actually not correct. We are not oh, okay. a mobile app. Um, our product lives on the course's existing T-sheet as an external gotcha. link or widget. So the, the golfer, the end user, does not need to download anything. 
they just go through the normal booking journey as if they were just looking for a regular tea time without notify. And Got now it. they have the option to put themselves on the virtual wait list. It's, it's that simple. Got there's it. no downloading. There's, there's, not, there's very little friction for the golfer to engage with our product at the course. And for the course, we create the custom site. We integrate into their T-sheet, and we just effectively plug it into their website. That's it. Got it. The reason why I asked that, and that's a, that's a, a great answer, and the reason why I asked that is, you know, in this day and age, everybody and their brothers got an app for something. And, you know, we already get pre-installed on our phones, you know, a thousand apps. Right. I'm, I'm being facetious. But, right. and, you know, it, it, people look at it and say, God, you know, I've got to download this app for that and that. I, I like the fact that it's a very seamless process that I don't need to do that. I can just go to whatever, you know, course I want and say, hey, this is what I want to play this weekend. And I get in. And because you've integrated into that, that T sheet, if you will, at that course automatically through their system accesses, as you said, the widget or what have you, the integration part, um, and allows that to function back to the end user. And so they don't have to download anything. They don't have to, you know, uh, do anything of, of, of sorts in order to access that information. And I think that's very appealing to the golfers out there that look at it and say, Hey, great. I can still, you know, reach out to my golf course, uh, favorite golf course or what have you. And I don't have to download another app onto my phone. That's a big selling feature to the consumers because I know for a fact that there's a lot of them that I've talked to over the years that, you know, when they start saying, oh, I got to do that, or I've got to pay nine ninety nine for this app and yada, yada, yada. And it's just one more thing I got to have on my clunk in my phone down. That's a great selling feature to not have to do that. So I think that's kudos on you guys for, for really sort of finding the runaround, not having to do that. So uh, again, kudos to you guys. And for the course operators as well, um, they have control of their system. They're not really getting somebody coming in with a, you know, an outside app and accessing their system. It's actually integrated directly into their tea time uh, software or POS uh, system. So from them, uh, there's a safeguard as well that uh, that helps. Um, I think that's great. And and I was right. I mean, it, it, am I understanding you correctly? Spot on. Everything you said is, is right on. I mean, I as a consumer do not want to download any app. Like <laughs> it's you have right. so many apps. Change the customer behavior and get them to do a new. I mean, I would honestly put another app in the gizmo and gadget category, and I'm not being demeaning. It's just that how much, how much energy do you have to even get another thing, even like a swing aid? It's like, wow, this thing could really take strokes off my game, and I love the idea, <laughs> but am I going to now put this in the bag and now I'm going to put it out? And it's the same thing with technology. Like, okay, you can have an app that can help me do something amazing, but as a consumer, you know, I might be excited out the gate and then it very quickly, you know, my excitement about that declines. Or maybe you don't, you know, there's so much friction that you don't even get off the starting blocks. Whereas, you know, that's right. our product. For it to work, it has to be easy. It has to be easy for the operator. They have to effectively plug it in. For the golfer, yep. we have like three seconds to capture your attention and get you to put it in your stuff. Otherwise, we lose you. Like, and if we lose Ted and Ted doesn't put yep. his preferences in, 
for the local course down the road, then we don't add value to the operator. And if we don't add value to the operator, then, you know, we're, uh, then, then we're out of business. So it's that simple. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think today the, um, younger golfer community or golfing, excuse me, community coming up now is looking for ease of use. They understand golf in itself, as you pointed out earlier, is a struggle. Um, and, and they're prepared to take that challenge. Um, certainly if something can help their game, you know, they're going to look at it. Um, but I think, and I know from my generation, cause I'm obviously older than you are. Um, uh, and again, it's not to knock anybody in the industry, but there's been a lot of, you know, gizmos gadgets over the years that end up collecting dust in the garage. Um, you right. know, it, it's exciting. Like, it's like the fitness industry. I mean, there was all these, you know, the, uh, Adom- I'm aging myself now, but the Adominizer and all this kind of crud that was out there and, most of it never really worked the way it said it did anyways. But the other issue was that it just, you know, people would try it for a while and like anything else that the novelty wears off and it's in another, now that the difference is now they can sell it on eBay uh, where they didn't have that you right. know, 30 years ago or something. But, but no, I, I like this. And I think also too, you know, other than putting in a few preferences uh, you know, you're not, and I'm assuming I'm correct and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not having to build a profile um, you know, and some people are apprehensive. They don't want to have to, you know, with the, a lot of the apps, you've got to put in a profile and you've got to answer a thousand different questions just to get set up. And some people are very leery about doing that. So I think that the minimalist approach, which you guys have done, I think is, is again, spot on. Um, now, my, my other question I wanted to ask, because you said, you know, you could put your preferences in your favorite course. What happens if you're in an, because you mentioned the L.A. area, there's a lot of courses. What if you have a couple of courses that you're interested in? Can you do more than one without it sort of conflicting or, you know, obviously you can't do the same. Like, let's say you had two courses and you want to get on and see which one responds. Can you do that as well? Is that an option? It's a great question, and it's the right question because at the end, this ties back to what I was talking about in the beginning, which is do we focus on the golfer or do we – like who is our customer? Is it the golfer or is it the operator? If it was the golfer, yeah, we'd aggregate and we'd give you every option, but our customer is the operator. And so what that means is we will not take head and suggest other courses than the one that you're currently at unless it's a multi-course operator that has several within their family. If you right. have, for example, you go to Kemper Sports Chicago, yeah, we'll, we'll recommend 10 different Kemper Sports Chicago courses. Or you go to Landscapes gotcha. in Omaha, we'll recommend five different Landscape Omaha properties because they've all consented to that. But as a golfer, gotcha. I mean, there are several cities right now where we have 20-plus courses in the same area, but the customer has to go one at a time. To use our product that you gotcha. now they don't they don't need to you know they don't need to keep signing in they don't need to you know keep trying a bunch of different things however um you know we want to preserve the relationship between their course and their customer and we don't want to get in between that by cannibalizing uh that relationship right and i guess that's what i was asking is what I was thinking of more specifically is like, let's say if you're you know, going to be visiting an area that has, you know, three Kemper courses for, for argument's sake, and you're not, you don't really care which one, obviously you maybe do have a preference. 
can you then use it to uh, set up with those three courses or two courses, whatever it happens to be, um, and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm signing into these courses, and if there's an available tea time here, can I do that? And if there's one over here, they're still under the same product, <clears throat> just different locations. Is, is that something that you can do, or is that, again, you really want them to isolate one particular course, or does it matter? We can do it. Makes we don't do it. Yeah, we, we, we don't want – we want to – our number one thing is the trust with the operator. If the operator is our customer, they're the one. They pay a software subscription for Notify. Sure. And, you know, if we build a consumer ag- aggregator product, it, it may conflict with that mission. And so gotcha. um, we're pretty we're, – we, we, we really think about this a lot because, hey, I mean, Ted wants to get notified for 15 courses in Florida – for sure, you, you know, that's a great experience. But is that a great experience for those 15 courses if now all right. of a sudden they're competing with you again? You know? Right. And that's where right. it, for an entrepreneur, like knowing who your customer is and what they care about is really critical. Um, because yeah. if you lose the trust, then you don't have anything. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to make sure. I, I kind of suspected that, and I just wanted to make sure because – Obviously, you don't want that. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, it would be nice. You could say, hey, there's, you know, eight courses in Panama City Beach, for example, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to play Saturday morning, but they're all booked up. Can you let me know when, if one comes open? And that's fine from the consumers. But, yeah, then you're getting into an issue where even if they're all clients uh, of yours, then you're running into an issue of it's, how, you know, how do you decide which one, you know, does it get a priority or, you know, that sort of thing. So then you're running into – um, issues and that brings me to one other question uh, from the notification so let's say you've got multiple people uh, and I just want this is more for clarification so, so that the audience yeah. understands exactly how this works so if you and I let's say are going to play um, or want to play uh, you know uh, Chambers Bay as an example you mentioned earlier and we just happen to uh, our preferences happen to be the same or similar, uh, you know, tea time at eight, eight o'clock, that sort of thing, or between eight and nine, what have you. Um, how does the system decide who gets the notification first? Is it first come first serve? Um, you know, if you're, if you're putting in essentially the same preference or if one's already put in those preferences, then if somebody comes in, they can't do that. How does that work? It's, it's completely democratized. And what I mean by that is not to use a buzzy phrase, but everybody who wants to play within those parameters gets alerted at once. And it's on the golfer to be quick on the draw to book okay. it. Yeah. God, that's and what so I mean. <laughs> the reason, Yeah. I mean, it, listen, the reason we do that, and there are cap- we have capabilities where we can kind of segment versus, you know, let's say um, – Let's say you have one tier of membership and you want them to get alerted first. Like, we could do all those things. However, right. um, we, our number one goal is to drive top line for the operator. That's our goal. That's yep. why we exist. And if we can alert 10 people about one tea time and increase the probability of filling it, you know, by multiple times, then, then we'll do that, right? Um, now, mm-hmm. obviously, we communicate that to the golfer. That's critical. If we, if we don't say, you know, in every message we send to the golfer, we say, hey, Ted, 
Time's available within your preferences, but it's first come, first serve, and it may not be there when you check. And and just building that trust with the golfer actually is, is pretty important so that we can get the job done and make sure they, you know, we're on the same page with the golfer so they don't have some expectation that they're guaranteed that he done. Yeah, and and that's I think that's great, and that's why I, I just wanted to have clarification on that so that people didn't misunderstand um, how the process works. And I think that's a very fair and and um, again, obviously, it's it's great for the for the uh, you know uh, golf course owner operators, uh, but at the same time, it's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, if you have multiple people looking at the same um, product, and you know, one guy's gabbing to his girlfriend on the phone, and the other guy's you know, hey, gets the notification, he acts right away. Well, then, of course, he should get that. So, you know, it, it's, it, 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 again, it's the onus is on the golfer, how they choose to respond to it. But, no, I think it's a very fair process, and I like the fact it's a very easy integration from both the consumers and also from the owner-operator's perspective. It's really seamless uh, and very little friction, as you pointed out. Um, just got a couple of questions left for you. Uh, first one I think is a pretty sure. obvious question is, What's down the road for Notify? What, what, what do you see as things progress further based on what you've done so far? Where are, is there things, anything, I mean, if there's some things you can't share, I understand, but where do you see down the road um, happening with Notify? Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's, there's horizons to what we're building here. You know, horizon one is just continuing to focus on over-delivering and delighting public golfers and resort golfers and resort operators and public golf operators. You know, we have 200 courses. We're really excited about that. But it, it, there's, there's thousands more that have cancellation problems and thousands more where golfers struggle to get on the course. So for us, you know, it's uh, super important that we can focus first and foremost on that segment. And then secondly, you know, we want to go after private courses eventually and help make sure private operators can, or private course golfers can get on the course. Um, and we want to keep collaborating with the players in that ecosystem who are different than those in public. And uh, once we kind of can help as many golfers and operators as possible, I think we have our eyes set on resorts and helping, you know, maybe it's the spa, maybe it's the restaurant, maybe it's lodging and trying to keep using things like AI to solve those problems. But anywhere where there's a supply and demand mismatch, uh, we may want to take a look at some point. Yeah, I, I think it's, again, technology has moved, and there, there's still so much yet to come, but um, has moved things in such a way um, that has really made it easy uh, in, in a lot of ways for us to be able to do things. And Tee times has always been a struggle for birdies over the years. I mean, there's been some great POS systems in that. Um, but as you guys have, have discovered, one of the biggest issues that they've had is what do they do with those, especially those last-minute tee times. If it's done a few days early, as you said, you know, it's not as big of a deal. They can still make it up um, and usually do. But um, when you get those last-minute ones, you know, what do you do? Um, and that's where they're losing money. And as you uh, pointed out as well. I mean, some in some cases, some big money over the course of the year, uh, obviously depending on the property. So um, they've got to look ways of tightening up their belts and, and not letting those things slip through the crack. And one thing I, I just want to point out real quick too, what people, you know, it's not just about the revenue that they're losing on tee times um, by not going through something like Notify. 
But it's also those people not coming to the golf course and spending money in other areas, at the restaurant, yeah. bar, what have you, or in the pro shop. So it's not just the tea, uh, right? It's not just the revenue from uh, the rounds that they're losing. They're losing other, because there's always, I mean, I don't care where you play. I mean, you're always going to buy some snacks. Maybe you need some extra golf balls or tees or an extra glove. There's always something that you're going to pick up there or something at the turn. So there's other revenue that they're losing when those cancellations come through. So you guys are really helping to fill uh, uh, not just the, the tee time uh, losses, but uh, other areas in the course. Um, future of the game from uh, both playing and a business standpoint, what are your thoughts there? And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah, you know, I'm biased, but I think golf is going through uh, an incredible period of a uh, bull market, and I don't see any signs of softening from my point of view. And the reason I'm bullish and excited is I think the next generation is very excited about golf. You know, I saw some recent figures that said youth golf was up, I want to say, 18% while basketball and football was down. I mean, golf is going through this surgence. And I think the reason is because golf is cool right now. And when you, you know, I think uh, Greg Nathan with NGF, he put out some, you know, some research talking about the perception of the game. And when you look at social media and you see, you know, Patrick Mahomes and you see Steph Curry and you see, you know, all the uh, Tom Brady, these guys laughing and taking golf seriously. And you see MJ, you know, investing in the game that just creates a almost like sexiness around the game where I think, you know, the future of golf is strong because the brand of golf is strong and folks are going to just continue to double and triple down and I hope I, I think there's a lot of exciting things about making the game more accessible, making it more approachable, yep. reducing the barriers of playing, you know, getting various, you know, um, groups of people who maybe never would have thought of themselves as a golfer excited about the game. And so I'm very bullish, and you know, I'm confident that I think uh, golf has got a lot more uh, runway to go before we we see a plateau. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, with with organizations like Top Golf that have come out in the last several years that have introduced to a, a whole different perspective of of the game. It's it's an entertainment, and as you said, a lot of uh, other celebrities, whether it be from football, baseball, and other sports, you know, their careers are short lived. I mean, obviously they they make uh, incredible uh, amounts of money and so forth. But again, most of those sports they are limited in how long they can play. Um, just because of physical injuries or just, you know, they, they, it's run the course. But golf is something that you can play well into your golden age. I mean, there's people out in the golf course. You go down to southern Florida and, and areas where you've got people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, still out there beating that wet little white ball on the golf course. So, and very passionately, I might add. So, and, you know, and so you're seeing that there is a transition for a lot of people. And as I pointed out earlier, um, you know, as tragic as it was in many ways, um, COVID was really an eye-opener for a lot of people. Cause, and you can probably test this to yourself, but, you know, most people's perception, if you ask the average person out there that really has never grown up in golf, what their perception of golf is, is obviously country club and, and obviously an elitist sport, um, but it's always focuses around the tours. They say, well, you know, these guys are the best of the best, and, you know, same with the, on the LPGA but they don't really see it as something for them. And I think these other groups like Top Golf and now what you're doing here is opening up a, a market where you're 
sort of exchanging um, some very savvy, um, you know, integrations with with the the golf courses, allowing them to to reach people that they normally would not reach, and being able to say, hey, this is something we can all have fun and enjoy and make it as simple as possible. Because that's probably not, if I was to ask most millennials and Gen Zs, one of the comments that I've heard is that they don't like to have to go through, you know, jumping hoops to get out and play. They just want to go out and play and, and they don't necessarily want to play for four and a half hours. So if you can do something that meets a lot of those things, then they're going to be excited about it. And um, I'm sure you and your friends get out there with uh, maybe a Bluetooth speaker slapped to the side of the golf cart um, and listen to little tunes while you're going around there. And, you know, that's what's making it exciting for the next generations coming up as well as the ability to, you know, get away from sort of the stuffy shirt um, sort of mentality that people have adopted over the years. And I think it's great for the game. And I think what you're doing, if um, Jake, as we're getting ready to run out of time here, but um, for those that maybe want to learn a little bit about uh, Notify, where can they go to get more information? Absolutely. Well, you can check us out online, Notify, but but spelled a little funny, N-O-T-E-E-F-Y. So that's a little golf pun in there. Um, Notify uh, dot app. Mm-hmm. You can check us up online. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jake Gordon, and I'm probably the guy posting about golf stuff every day. Uh, I love that platform. But overall, or you can shoot me an email, jake at notify.app, and I'd love to hear from you. You know, let me know if you have ideas, thoughts. If you're, you know, if you have a course near you, I'll let you know uh, which property we work at, and I'd love to love to connect. So, had really enjoyed this chat today, and uh, we'll have to tee it up soon and get it get a little on course inspection going. I, I I couldn't agree more. Welcome to the game. I'm glad you, uh, you stepped through uh, through the fog and and uh, are able to come on to the other side. It's it's actually pretty nice over here. So um, obviously you were bitten by the bug and want to wish you um, sincerely much continued success with Notify. I think it's a great uh, a great um, you know product you know service if you will that you guys are providing. And obviously, um, many of the owner operators are, are seeing that, and I, I predict you guys are going to have even more are going to sign up for this. And um, I mean, why not? It's, it's a win-win for everybody. So, uh, congratulations on um, hitting one out of the park, even though it's a baseball analogy. Um, driving one down the fairway, we'll go call it that way, and end it on that note. But thank you very much for joining me this evening on Golf Talk Live. It's been a pleasure, and I hope you come back and, and keep us posted on what's. Uh, what's happening as things progress down the road, but um, you're welcome to come back anytime as a special guest. And we'll definitely next time, if you're going next year to the PGA show, you got to make sure you hit me up before and we'll get a chance to meet face to face. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great evening. All right. That was uh, Jake Gordon, the uh, uh, co-founder and CEO of notify and uh, very interesting product. Uh, Really like what they're, uh, doing and if you want to get more information, you can go to notify.app and it's n-o-t-e-e-f-y dot app and you can request a demo, a demo there. It's their weightless uh, software. Um, as they mentioned, they've got a lot of um, uh, properties that are currently a lot of premier courses and companies that are working with them: Chambers Bay, TPC Scottsdale, uh, Streamsong down in Florida, of course Kemper Sports, which is uh, all over the place and. Uh, uh, many others as well. Um, so they're obviously working with some premium uh, organizations, 
So go to notify.app, that's N-O-T-E-E-F-Y.app, and uh, you can reach out and contact them there if you have any questions or more information. But want to, again, thank my special guest, uh, Jake Gordon, for joining me uh, this evening and a great uh, conversation. Hopefully you, you guys got a little bit. And, you know, um, check with your golf course and see if they're connected with Notify. See if they're using that system. Maybe you're uh, wanting to play your local public course and are just not able to sometimes get those last-minute tee times. Maybe you need to... Uh, work through Notify as well and through that course and see if you can get in those uh, uh, last-minute tee times uh, cancellations and get in there. So um, always lots of uh, innovation coming through. Thank you guys for joining me. Again, we just have a few more shows here this month um, where I'll do a, a guest interview as I'm doing tonight, and then beginning March 7th, we'll kick it up a notch, bring back the Coach's Corner panel. Uh, March 14th, of course, we'll interject that uh, travel segment in there, uh, roughly about 20 minutes. Um, after the Coach's Corner segment right before my guest interview. So uh, two hours coming up in March. Make sure you tune them in. If you missed tonight's broadcast or you're tuning in a little bit late and you didn't get a chance to hear some of the discussion, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section here in just a few moments, and you can listen to tonight's show, a recorded version in its entirety. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining me uh, here live on Golf Talk Live. God bless. And we'll see you next time right here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.